One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys. We have a guest that's killed it on the international scene and, and, and played at a high level in rugby league for the Brisbane Broncos. He's played for the Kiwis. He's got an awesome, awesome photo photo and videography agency that's doing bits as well, Chur Media. He's doing bits. It's Jordan Kahu. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm excited. Let's go. Mate, let's, 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 let's go, man. Let's absolutely... like So many learnings throughout this podcast that I think are going to hit people's ears at the right time of everything that you've done throughout your whole career and the pivots you've had to make, the injuries you've had to beat. I mean, let's just take it right back. When you were younger, obviously you you, you started playing rugby in, in New Zealand and then Australia. Did you ever think back in those days that you you know you were going to get to the pinnacle of the career like you did? Or was it something you inherently knew? Because obviously, like, it's so competitive here for, for getting into rugby league and, and, you know, playing for your country. Like, do you know what I'm saying? There's a, yeah. lot, there's a lot in that. Yeah, there's plenty of competition. I just, I knew from a young age. It was always, obviously, just a dream when I was younger, but I was I was super hungry. I didn't do what most kids done. You know, I sacrificed a lot when I was younger to train those extra days that, that no other kid was doing. Um, and I just, I knew from a young age, I was just hungry. I wanted, I wanted to be the best at my sport and I wanted to, be on TV. I wanted to people. I wanted kids to be yelling my name in the backyard, and you know. And I just, I didn't want to stop at anything. I um, you know, I, I didn't get into trouble with my mates because I knew that would jeopardize my future. Um, so I was just, I was set from a young age. I knew what I I wanted, and I wasn't going to let anything tarnish that. Was it? Is it? Is it a massive tradition within your family set up to to play rugby and rugby league and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, my parents were quite sporty but they didn't really do anything um in the sporting world uh professionally but uh, yeah my my dad was a big all blacks fan growing up and that i guess that's where i got my passion from um but yeah they they kind of pushed me but they didn't you know they didn't want me to be a certain thing just for them it was all about my my dreams and they uh, if i told them my dreams they would you know, help me do that by helping me train and, and that type of thing. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't anything forced. And was it was it a hard kind of decision to pursue league? Because obviously with league, you play for the Kiwis, right? And yeah. with Union, you play for the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. Now, I presume that every every kid's dream in New Zealand and, and, and from Kiwi background is to play for the All Blacks, right? Yeah. Because that's quite, that's quite the, they're probably the most known, known kind of entity. Yeah. How... how how did you come to formulate a decision that you were going to pursue league? Right. So it started, I was at high school. I was at a real good union high school in, in Wellington. Um, and you don't play any club footy uh, back there. So when you're at school, you're playing for the school and that's it. And I was I was quite young. I was in and out of the school's first 15 team. And I just was, I was a young kid wanting to play. And that was the only sport I could play during the winter. Yeah. Um. And and I was sitting on the bench. I was fifteen. You know, sitting on the bench because I was I was quite young and I probably wasn't as advanced as the older boys yet. Um. But I just wanted to play. And then there was one tournament where I got like four or five minutes out of the whole tournament, and I was just like, "Stuff this! I'm going to play league." 
and I was kind of rebellious to do it, do that, and that's kind of when the dream switched to from the All Blacks. You know, it was hard because I did want to be an All Black my whole 16 years up until that point. Yeah. But um, from that moment on, I was just like, maybe my dreams somewhere else in another sport, and that's when I you know, just fully locked in. Back in New Zealand, though, does do the, do the Kiwis and the All Blacks get the same kind of support, like in terms of like the, or is it more weighted towards the All Blacks? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, New Zealand Rugby League struggles definitely compared to the All Blacks. All Blacks are just the pinnacle of the country, and I think yeah, like from a from a very young age, kids are just wanting to be All Blacks. So you know that's where all the funding's gonna go, and because they're just so damn good. It's yeah, just, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard to compete for any sport back there. Mate, I remember the first time I saw John Olomu. Like, oh, mate. Gun. That, that guy, he was like a train, man. Like, he just got, he just run. He's, and I, I know he was a big unit, but he didn't look big on TV compared to the other guys that were in the, in the, in the um, teams, right? And he would just run straight through him. I remember watching him against England and he just, t- he just tore tore straight through like four people and kept running crazy and he, he, yeah he changed level. the game he changed the game because usually like big people don't run that fast you know so like if you're big you just got put in the forwards like automatically you know yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a forward now and all these little like sharp dudes would go into the backs but he kind of changed the game from that point like from that moment on all the backs just kept getting bigger and bigger and faster and faster and he changed the game Obviously, you're not you're not a small guy, but you're not like the biggest guy in the world for, in rugby terms, right? That, is that is that why you're suited to the position you're playing? You're playing. Uh, I just grew up following guys like Jonah. Um, there's another guy, Christian Cullen, uh, Tana Umanga. Those were my idols growing up, so I wanted to be like them. So that's kind of why I, um, yeah, I, I played in the backs. I was I was quite speedy when I was younger as yeah. well, so. Um, yeah, like I said before, speed kind of gets pushed to the backs and size gets pushed into the forwards. Yeah, mate. Honestly, like when you, when you, the thing is, like when someone chucks you that ball, mate, and you're running with it down down the wing or something, like, and you get, and then you come up against this like big Samoan dude, and you just like you just run. For, it's like running into a wall, mate. Oh, like, bro. Do, I mean, just just <laughs> obviously you've you've been in your career, right? You've been for a few injuries, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> talk, talk to me about some of the worst injuries you've been through. Um, I've, bro, I think I've had thirteen, twelve or thirteen like major surgeries in, in my career. You've had thirteen surgeries, yeah, thirteen. So when I say major, that's when I'm like, I've gone under, you know, um, like general anaesthetic. So that's what I'll class as like a, a major surgery. Um, but the worst one was would definitely be my jaw. Out of all, just just the eating and the like, how uncomfortable so I was. You, is that because you got like clotheslined or? Bro, I actually was tackling someone, so I, I I rushed in from the um the wing and tried to tackle someone, and I I like kind of wrapped the tried to wrap the ball up, and I hit their shoulder. So it was it was my fault. It wasn't wasn't like no one's no one else's fault. It was just bad tackle tech, and I just yeah, Ooh. I cracked my jaw in three three places. And Mate. yeah, had to get four bars, um, four plates. Sorry, put them in my jaw, and yeah, just the next ten weeks was was torture. Because the the, pro- the problem the problem with like your game that you're playing right with the rugby and stuff is the fact that it it doesn't matter whether you're training or whether you're in a game. Like every week, you're you're practically in like three or four car crashes yeah. because you're getting smashed by these massive athletes. Yeah, like these guys are are no joke. Nah, nah, they're serious. I, I watched I watched um, this documentary on Johnny Wilkinson, right? And um, 
there was there was there was these guys at the back and they were rugby tackling this like they they have that that thing set up that grill where they rugby tackle into that fence and they're pushing this massive like fence yeah. thing down the field. I can't yeah. I don't know what you call it, it's but the scrum machine. Yeah. yeah, scrum machine, mate. The, the, the speed these boys are hitting that thing right. with, like you know, every day, and then you play a game. So like, how many? So talk to me about the how many games are you having to play in, in in certain amount of time? Is it like one game a week or is it a couple of games a week or? Yeah, so one one game. Wow, one game a week, pretty much. That's pretty much standard for rugby league. There's, there's never really, um, there's, there's shorter turnaround. So you might play on a Friday and then play the next Thursday, or you might play on the Saturday, play on the Thursday, and that's probably the shortest turnaround you'll have. But you'll definitely only have one a week. It's just, it's too much, bro. It's like your body's so wrecked after a game. It's not even funny. Most of the week during the season is about just getting your body ready for the next game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not so much about training, like putting on size or worrying about weight is pretty much just recovery, like sharpening the axe and then into the next game. Mate, it's, I, I, I tell you now, it's, it's not, it's, it's not for the faint hearted. Nah. Like it's really not. We, just, just even listening to you talk about that and seeing, seeing in your eyes, how much goes into that. Like yeah. people, you should be watching this on YouTube because I'll tell you that when you were saying that, I could see it, man. There's right. so much that goes into it. So much. People, 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 people will not understand. This is why I want to break this down. This is why I like doing podcasts, which is out of my, it's like this is out of my comfort zone because yeah. I don't, I don't pretend to know a massive amount about the sport, but I'm keen to learn about yeah. the mindset and what goes into performing at the level you've performed at and, and the kind of journey it takes to get there. Like when you were playing like the, like through, through the youth, for you set up, I presume you're not getting you're not getting paid very much and stuff like that. Nah, you're not allowed to get paid until pretty much you finish school. Right. Well, you shouldn't be. I'm I'm pretty sure that there might be a, a few young guns that are like 17, um, finishing high school that may be getting paid. But yeah, pretty much it's a bit different to soccer in England where you're getting paid from like a real young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. Yeah, you're not allowed to get paid until. You're pretty much in the in the full time system. Do you get like is there is there a lot of sponsors that come on board for like good players that come in through like yourself that they kind of see the kind of ang- like got a good chance? Yeah, but most of them aren't uh, monetary. I, I don't know what it's like now because I've I've been you know out of school since um, since '09. But yeah, most of them it's, it's probably just like you know free boots, um, free stuff here and there. But it's a bit of a gamble for like brands to jump on a kid that early as well, especially because from that. Um, you know, from high school to the NRLs, a massive jump. So it's a bit, it's a bit harder for um, kids to kind of make it straight away. So I think brands kind of wait till they've, you know, they've yeah. made it, and then they'll like throw stuff at them. I mean, how hard is it to? Because when you leave school at that age, like the sixteen-year-old age, the first thing you want to do as a man is like jump on all the birds. You want to go yeah. out drinking. You probably want to take some drugs. You want to try all these new things. There's all these things flying around you. How hard is it to stay focused on on just getting from that 16 year old birthday to the <laughs> the NRL? Because that, that, like you say, there's a big window of time, and I presume that window of time is between like 16 and 20, is it? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, some some dudes debut at like 18. Or yeah. younger, um, but my I was quite lucky. I've been with my um, my fiance now since I was like sixteen. So from when I left New Zealand, we've been together. Yeah. So I always kind of had that to keep me level headed. Obviously, there was times where you know I got distracted and in the system and stuff like that. But I always had her to kind of you know keep me level grounded. And um, yeah, it was just like 
like like I said before, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to tarnish my future, and I just without with being able to enjoy you know my latter teen years, yeah, I um I I just didn't want to stuff up to ruin you know my future. Most of the most of the people in business that I've had on this podcast that are doing real high level stuff, like even the high smile boys that have turned over two hundred mil, one of the key things that um that I've identified is the fact that these boys that are doing big stuff and that have done things like you have, they've all had a stable relationship from, from an earlier, from an oh, early true. age. They're, they've, they've locked down a good woman early yeah. and then and not locked her down as in like, it's just, <laughs> it's just a saying guys, before you jump on me. <laughs> <They'll pull and laughs> <change>. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but, but yeah. if, if you get, if you get like into this relationship early, like a good solid relationship that, you know, with all that stuff, good stuff going on, you can actually like, you can go and focus on your other purpose, you yeah. know, and do that because you know, you don't have to worry about this back here yeah for and sure. it does make a difference especially yeah. to young young men in yeah. the pursuit of doing something more than themselves like yeah. i've noticed a key a key trait throughout these whole every episode mate oh, every, cool, every, eh? every everyone that's done really really big numbers i mean maybe davy um fogarty who who, who does econ maybe he's a slightly different but yeah. i'm sure he'd even agree that when you've got that when you've got that kind of i suppose it's like a soundboard yeah it's almost like you come back from training you, you don't want to be, you know, when you come back from training, for example, say for someone like you, you don't want to be going on the, having to go out with the lads on the hunt for women and all yeah. this kind of stuff, which is which is what happens in in a lot of rugby clubs. Yeah, especially on the on the bad days, that that definitely happens. But yeah, on my bad days, I was lucky. I always had her to kind of you know fall back on. So from from your point of view, is am I right in what I'm saying in terms of like, or what's your point of view on it? Like in terms of like how 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 important is it for a young man to to kind of go, you know, have someone stable behind him while he's while he's going through the journey? Do you think it's do you think it's a key, do you think it's something that's key these days? Or yeah, I, I reckon it's, it's super important. It doesn't have to be like a girlfriend either. It, it's just to have someone there for when times get tough, uh, times get tough, or. Someone to give you honest feedback, you know. That's that's probably the the best thing, is that she gave me honest feedback, not for like, for any, everyone else's yeah. like sake, but for my sake. Yeah. She gave me honest feedback of like, if you do this, you're gonna stuff your footy career up, you know. Or it's like the boys will be like, bro, come out, get wasted, you know. We'll get home at six a.m. Like, who yeah. cares about training tomorrow? But whereas she was just like. Um, yeah, she'd always, you know, have my best interests at heart, which was, yeah, yeah, was yeah, super, yeah, yeah. super important to have. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and I tell you now, um, it's, it's, so, it's so, it's so key, so key that if when, if you're gonna be with that person, like you got you got it's got to be the right person that does have that interest yeah. for you. Because if you'd gone out, you know, come back at six a.m. And then you try, you try, you tried training. I, I went to, I went to bed last night at 10, right? <laughs> I went to bed last night at 10. I woke up for the gym this morning at five. I was shit in the gym because I didn't go to bed at nine. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I don't even drink, mate. So yeah, yeah. I, imagine if you've been out till 6 a.m. and you try, and you're trying to play against top, top players. Yeah. It does affect you. Doesn't work. But would you, was that, was that, was that like one of the things that made you forgo all these things? Cause you can, you can quite easily go deep into, in, in professional sports, you can quite easily go into like drink, drugs, easily, women, gambling, gambling, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And you must have seen quite a few lads go down these paths. Yeah. How, it, how, what is, what is your advice to people that want to go and achieve something high level in sport or business, but and want to stay away from these paths, but they've got all these people that are trying to pull them down these paths? Um, I, I said something to a person the other day. I always, 
I think that's something that I have done, you know, early on is to be able to enjoy my life but without ruining my future, you know. I just I love that. I, I, that's a yeah. great quote, man. Yeah, and enjoy your life without ruining your future. That's yeah. fucking impactful, mate. Yeah. And, and that's the the main message I push the kids is, you know, enjoy your your youth but don't yeah, don't ruin your future. It's just it's just super important to to know from a young age, especially if you're chasing dreams in the in professional sport. Like every decision has to be based around what you want and where you want to be, and you can't just you know go out and get into trouble on the weekends if you want to be a professional sportsman. You know, it's, it's not going to work. I think that works for business as well, and yeah. for, and I think it works for your whole life. Yeah. Like in terms of every every decision that you make should should be predicated on where you actually want to go yeah do you kind of think though in today's society that too many people don't know who the fuck they are yeah for sure for sure and and especially in the sporting world like you you can kind of see all these big stars doing big things and yeah you get a little taste of that and you think that's you straight away and i i done that at the start of my career um you know going out and just just trying to like be one of these high profile stars i definitely wasn't and that was off the back of me, you know, trying to be someone else, not not being truthful to to who I was as a person and to the close people around me. How did you go go in terms of bringing yourself back to the truth of who you are? A lot of lot of lot of pain, I think, and a lot of mistakes. Mistakes were um were probably my biggest you know learning curve. Making mistakes and and my injuries played a lot of. Uh, a lot of a lot of me growing up as well because I did have you know those setbacks quite early on in my career where kind of everything was taken away from me you know yeah. like in that dream of being a professional athlete was taken away just by one little injury you know one little ligament and I was just like for that to be taken away from me um, it just it made me realize that you know I, I had to to be better as a person and as an athlete. Do you think, do you think, I know, I know it sounds a bit woo woo, but do you think that's the world trying to tell you something before, like trying to say, Hey, if you don't buck your ideas, up hit this here and here and here in your life, then, then the next one of these is going to end you. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like kind of break. I know it sounds, it sounds, it sounds, I believe in energy, bro. And I I think, I think everything happens for a reason. I think, you know, that, that girl leaves you because of this reason in your life and you need to learn this. And it's a lesson in everything that you can learn. And it just seems like it's when you've had some of these injuries and, and the way that you're speaking about it, it's like, it's like at that time, were you being your authentic self or were you, were you training as hard as you should be or were you doing the right things? nutritionally that you should be and it's like it, it like when when that when that injury happens it all comes down to like were, was I living the right way yeah and it kind of he sure. kind of shows you a lot about yourself because the only one person you can't lie to yourself when you're laying there in that hospital when yeah. you're just about to go under the knife again is like I can't lie to myself now can I nah. like it's quite it's quite a powerful thing to, so to face so true and you see it all and you see it and you, and you see it all and that and that's quite a lot for a young man to deal with yeah yeah, but I just, I just, one thing I've noticed, um, especially as I've been in the pursuit myself of trying to become, you know, closer and closer and closer and closer to like what is what is the true authentic Frankie? Mm. How does he want to turn up? How does he want to be? Yeah, I think we all go we all go through it where we go through our twenties where we're like in this massive fucking dick swinging competition. Very, 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 yeah, like yeah. we're all swinging it around, yeah. fucking trying to be the biggest dick at the party. Yeah, yeah, and. It's like you try, you try and align yourself with things and people for the wrong fucking reason. Yeah, for sure. 
And it's like, how have you kind of helped, like, how have you identified some of that stuff in your life in terms of like, what, what are the, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, like I said before, when everything was taken away from me, and I think like, like what you said, it was, it was the world kind of showing me like, like bringing up all the things that I shouldn't have been doing. And yeah, like every time something bad would go wrong, you know, I'd sit there and I'd just think about, all the little shit that I'd done, just you know, like what, all the what bad. Was some, what was some? What was some of those things that you, you, you that were when you were sat there and you were thinking about all the little shit that you'd done wrong? What were the what What were those little things that you were doing wrong consistently that were affecting you and where you wanted to go? At the start of my career, it was it was drinking. It was um, like so I done my ACL at the, at the very beginning of my career, um, and I was you know I was touted as one of the best schoolboys at the time yeah. so for that to be taken away from me right there um and I, and that year after I did that injury um I, I probably didn't treat my body as well as I could and I didn't um you know do all those little things right and my very first game back I done my knee again so yeah I missed that whole year done my knee again and then that second knee I was like what did I do you know I went out drinking pretty much every weekend yeah, you know, I wasn't playing, so I didn't have to worry about recovering. You know, like, as I spoke speaking about earlier, but, but you did have to worry about yeah, recovery. At the I same did, time, yeah. you say that you did yeah. because you imagine you're putting a poison into your body. Yeah. You've got to make this knee healthy and strong yeah. again, so you can play a whole season on it. Yeah, not just one game recovering. Yeah. This is like, this is like your whole life. Yeah. So yeah, the second time around that uh, I done it, I I was like, shit, what what did I do wrong? And then drinking was the biggest one. So I stopped. I uh, like, I didn't. I still drank. I was twenty. I would have been twenty one at the time. And but I, I done it like controlling myself. I done it like at birthdays and and good times, not just every weekend for the sake of it, spending this money that I shouldn't have been spending when I was when I was that young. And second time round, I was just like, I just I locked in. I was still living down the Gold Coast, driving to Brisbane to training. I'd come home from training. I'd, I'd grab a cook, bite to eat pick misses up from work and then we'll go back to the gym and yeah, then I was just I was just yeah. working constantly working and that was my way of getting around um and just filling time because you know when, when I wasn't filling time you know I was just like letting outside influences influence me to go out and drink because I had nothing else to do yeah so I was working out and I'd come home and I work out again just to fill the time and and to get my body stronger so how important then do you think it is to have a purpose bigger than yourself Super important, super important, and and it's it's hard because, um, when we were speaking about finding yourself, that that moment probably didn't come for a couple of years, and and it was a bit, you know, I was I was a bit all over the place with, with my head, and I didn't know, really know who I was, and until I had my daughter, and, yeah, and kind of, that was like. I always say it, like I didn't know why I pushed through all these injuries until 2015 when I had my daughter and I was like shit this is like this is why this is my purpose this is why I you know like I, I changed everything that I needed to change was for this moment you know right now and this is this like she was my purpose yeah it's like unconditional love yeah when I, when I saw like my niece for the first time and, and and my nephew as well. Obviously, he came a few years later. It's like I've never felt a feeling like that. Yeah, like it even makes me just it even yeah, tears bro. me up now, bro. Yeah, like yeah. I'm even I'm even tearing up now <laughs> just thinking about it. I know. I've feeling. never felt unconditional love like it, nah, mate. When I looked different. when I looked at that little girl for the first time, and I was like, "Fuck, that's my sister's." Because I've I don't have any kids for myself, but like yeah. when I looked at, her, I was like, "Fucking hell, man, that's yeah. that's 
that's a part of my my family that we, that's never been there before. Yeah, like, and that's a big thing for for I think when when you start to become more in touch with who you are as a man, yeah, I think that you start to feel and value those things at a whole different level, and that yeah. opens up your whole. It's like you've gone your whole life as a racehorse. Um, just fully, you, you might have fully been channeling, um, sport, yeah. women, drugs, alcohol, all that, whatever, whatever your vice is, that might, you're like a racehorse. And then when you, when you start to see things like this and you start to understand who you are as a man, it's like you take your blinkers off and you start to see the whole fucking world. Yeah. And then when you see, and when you, st- you, you know, when you're starting to develop as a man, I feel when you start to, um, when you start to have a purpose bigger than yourself and when you start to love things more than you love yourself yeah. like in terms of like you've got to love yourself but you, yeah. can, you can give love to other things as well yeah. I think it's a massive it's That's like a crazy. It's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy fucking experience yeah. I can't describe it to you because it sounds a bit like fucking whoa, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. it's a bit deep bro but like right, it, it, so it, it's so it's so impactful yeah and I just think there's so many people out there going around with no purpose than to like I mean we can all take selfies in the mirror we can all look ripped and all that stuff yeah. and occasionally I throw on Instagram a bit of banter of me with my shirt off right, yeah, right in yeah. the mirror right but behind all that bavan- banter behind all the bravado I'm like I'm like oh, you know I'm, all I care about is my family yeah. you know my podcast putting the right information into people's ears yeah. and stuff that's bigger than me Yeah, do you know what I mean because that's where the growth is in, yeah. in things that are bigger than you and you learn 100%. that through your daughter yeah. I think that's some powerful shit mate yeah, congratulations bro because like, not many people fucking get that Yeah, not many people get that and family's yeah. fucking everything man everything mate everything. so talk, pivot Pivot, pivoting back to the rugby man when you first signed pro pro terms that was for uh, Brisbane Broncos yeah talk, talk me through how that must have felt for you knowing that you'd fought all that way and then you finally signed your pro your pro contract and that like. so I, I signed first at the Bronx in, on an under 20s um, contract so I kind of you know I didn't get that feeling straight out of school but the the moment came after my first year of under 20s when um I got called into the meeting room by the first grade coach at the time, and he was like, um, "Yeah, f- we've seen you play. We want you to train full time in the NRL right now." And I was just like, "That was like That's some mad shit." All I wanted to do was, like, I think my dad was waiting for the for me in the car at, at, in the car park. Um, all I wanted to do was just just sprint out there and, and tell him the good news and, like, yeah, just every moment of my life, you know, my good behavior when I was a teen, you know. Especially growing up in Wellington, all that stuff. Because Wellington's quite a quite a rough area, isn't it? Yeah, I grew up in Loha. I I didn't have like I wasn't super gangster. I wasn't like I didn't have super bad like mates. But you know there was there was times where I, you know I could have easily you know switched up and and taken a different route. But I was just yeah I was lucky. I, I got brought up in a good home. You know I had a good um, role model, my old brother as well, um, and he was similar minded. And yeah, for all that all that childhood stuff, you know. Um, for me to be told, um, you know, that I was training full time in a in a professional system was yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. It? it was yeah. spectacular feeling, man. Yeah. Just it, honestly to 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 that just shows you like a combination of all those years of hard work and it yeah. just ma- it makes it all kind of worth it. Yeah. To, to you, do you know what I mean? Sure. Do you remember making your pro debut? Yeah, yeah. That that was yeah. It was, Kind Pretty fucking insane, wouldn't it been? Yeah, kind of like fifty thousand people, I think. Yeah, fifth, we played Melbourne Storm at Suncorp, and yeah, 50, 40 or fifty k there debut in like Melbourne. Obviously, Melbourne and Brisbane just got this rivalry, and Melbourne are just like always good. 
so like that moment was like super special I think I was like when I first ran out I was off of the you know in the stars for a bit because I was just like you know bright lights I was just like where am I this is a dream and I kind of didn't get into the game straight away because I was just N- like N- taking it all in NRL is massive here isn't it? like yeah. it's massive like it, you know in, in New Zealand obviously league takes a step back from 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 rugby union but yeah. but here NRL is a religion yeah for sure like you know and you're playing for one of the biggest clubs yeah you just you just roll you just rolled out in, yeah. in debut against in front of 50,000 people yeah if you were a kid in England to play in front of 50,000 people you'd have to be playing for like someone like Spurs or Man United yeah. or something like that it's, it's yeah. a fucking big it's a big yeah. it's a big crowd isn't it bro that's crazy and yeah yeah I just it took me a missed tackle to get into the game but I was just like, like I'm freaking, I made it. Like I remember running out. This is probably the only moment at the start of the game I can remember because the rest was just a blur. But I just remember I was just like saying to myself, like I'm, I made it. Like looking at the the dudes in the other team, and I was just like, shit. Like, I'm and you re- and you must recognise that um, the these other these other players, and you must have watched them for like ten years. There'll be some old yeah. veterans in there. Yeah. And you're just thinking to yourself, "Fucking, we're gonna take you out, motherfucker." <laughs> Bro, I was just, <laughs> I was starstruck to be honest. I was looking across and being like, "Like, fuck. I honestly just thought it was a dream, eh? I just, I just thought it was a dream." Is is rugby similar to like young young boxers when they come up and 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 have their first professional fights? Is it the same as like you've got to grow into your man strength through the first couple of seasons to yeah. be able to play at that level? Yeah, uh, I think it's hard because there's obviously guns that just come into the to the comp and just and carve up as well it's yeah it's, it's hard because you're, I guess it's different to boxing whereas boxing you're, there's only one other dude in the ring it's just you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and league's probably more focused around like you've the just team, sort of, yeah. yeah you've got to do your job just worry about your job and then that'll help the rest of the team you know what I mean and it's hard because yeah I guess it depends on position and your role in the team as well it d- did you ever have any any instance where you, like you you kind of like you didn't like who you were playing with, who I was playing with? Yeah. Ah, uh, nah, never never had that. I, I definitely had dudes that I didn't like playing against, but never never in my. Team. Who who are some of the dudes you didn't like playing against? Um, I don't know if I want to name them. Eh? Do you want to name them or what? <laughs> what, a, what, what there's a few you, grubs, bro. There's just yeah. a few dudes that you know like. Like there's banter on the field, and then there's you know dudes that take it too far. And oh right, yeah, 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 a few dudes that yeah, they, they just would take it too far. Talk about personal shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not directly to me, but like teammates and stuff like that. There was a moment where one of my mates, um, we were playing a game, and he broke his ankle, like full compound fracture. Wow, broke his ankle, and and he just kept running his mouth. This dude on the other team, he's like, "What are we stopping the game for?" Like. And everyone's just like, you know, he just broke his ankle. Yeah. And he's just like, so? Like, just, just little stuff like that, that I just, 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 yeah. just, just it's too far. But again, that dude probably, probably hasn't had the realization moment where, he, where, he, where he's, he's not, he's not had the, um, his wings clipped mm. by something outside of his control. Yeah. To, to bring him back into line to understand, you know, the, the yeah. world's bigger than him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot. Cause you, you and I both know, and we've seen in many sports that he, you know you even see this in fucking sports like tennis and that. If a, if a guy gets too big, like comes up, he's the best player yeah. in the youth, comes up, comes up, comes up. It's like, and then and then he gets his wings clipped because he's such a cocky, arrogant fucker. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes these 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 people that are meant to be like the world's greatest never they never come again. Never. They never come again because yeah. they get because they get clipped too early. That's I think so it was I think it was useful for you at the t- at the times when you had injuries. It allowed you the time to learn about yourself, and mm. not many athletes get that time. Yeah, because you're because you 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 from schoolboys until the NRL, you're just all the time playing rugby, playing rugby. But if you have these couple of niggles and couple of this, and you get a little bit of time off, you get and you get because you're not out with the team all the time. Yeah. You get you get to understand and sit with yourself long enough to think ah maybe i don't want to hang around with these five of the team because they're not the right people for me yeah they're not do you know what i mean yeah when you think about all that all the times that's probably happened in your career it's probably allowed you to go on and achieve what you've gone and achieve because it's giving you that time Mm. when else are you going to get the time yeah never never especially at at that level it's just always so much happening so much happening and yeah you're right like when I was injured, you know, I was at home with my family thinking about stuff, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think, it's so, I think it's so powerful to be able to do that. Not many people can sit in silence these days, bro. Nah. Like, you need to learn that shit real yeah. soon. Yeah. Some of, the, some of the biggest, most powerful learnings that I've had in my life is being, being sat in here and sat in other places just in silent, no phone, no mm. bullshit, no, no, all this like, and asking myself, what do I actually fucking want from life and what do I want from this? Yeah. And am I, am I going, is my ladder even lent against the right wall here? Am yeah. I, am I climbing the right ladder of success? Yeah. What, what success is to me? Cause yeah. a lot of people aren't. A lot of yeah. people, a lot of people who like, oh, I'm pursuing rugby because like, if you had it, like, you know what I mean? If you, if you got, if you got, if you get three sons, right? Like not statistically, they're not all going to be, um, they're not all meant to be rugby players, no. but because you're their dad, they might they might be told through their school life that they've got to go and be rugby players. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. How but that? until the, and, but until they have that time where they sit with themselves and and kind of and understand what they want, yeah, they might not want to be a rugby player. One of them might want to play tennis. One of them yeah. might want to do boxing. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? There's yeah. A lot, but but a lot that's of, up to them too. That's, yeah. yeah a lot of people them. that listen to this need to sit with themselves for a moment. Yeah. And ask themselves. Is what I'm doing right now where I actually want to go to? Because yeah. it, because there's many people out there, myself included, that I've, I've been in the pursuit of all this stuff throughout our time, got to the pinnacle of it, and then and then you get there and you're like, fuck, this is not what I wanted. Yeah, you know what I mean. It happens so often, man. So often. When you when you started, when did you first hear about getting selected for the national side? Um, so it was crazy, bro. So we we just lost the grand final, probably the great the greatest like grand final ever. We we lost in like a thriller, bro. It was crazy. Um, and our the Kiwis coach was our assistant coach at the Broncos at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just literally I was sitting in the sheds, you know, bawling my eyes out, just missed out on a ring. And he came up to me and he's like, um. Like just like just saying it's all right, it's all right. He's like, just make sure you keep training, eh? You're gonna need you again this year. And that was like, I was just kind of like, you know, obviously still upset about what had just happened, but I was just like, what? Did he really mean that, or did he just say it to make me feel better? You know, yeah, like yeah, so I was, yeah, you're kind of questioning yourself. Yeah. Man. And then it wasn't until a week later. I remember exactly where I was. I was hanging the washing out at home, and his number popped up. And he's like, he rang me. He's like, Jordy, you're you're we're picking you in the um, international squad to travel to England um, in a couple of weeks. And I was just like, what? Was that the first time you've been to England as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? I think, it, no, it would have been the second time because I went at the start of that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the start of the year. But um, 
yeah, 2015, that was just a crazy year for me. Like, we, I had my daughter, like I said, you know, my purpose. Yeah. Um, we made that grand final, lost, but then, yeah, made the Kiwis that year. And, yeah, I just, yeah. It was crazy, bro. I was super excited just to be in the squad. I th- he didn't wasn't telling me that I was playing or anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just but to be recognised for how many my people are included in that squad? Twenty. I think we take thirty because 30. We're, we're going away. We went to England for six weeks, maybe. So like anything can happen there over there, obviously. So they need to take enough players for just in case. Was that was injured. that was that an international competition? Was it or was it just training? Yeah, no. So we went over there for three tests first, England. Yeah. Um, yeah, for like six or seven weeks. My daughter was like two weeks old, so I up and left after two weeks. So my missus um, was we were lucky enough that my mum and her mum both flew over to um, help to help her yeah, out because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, like super so young, much young to do in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, credit to her, man. But yeah, we that moment was was pretty crazy. Just to, just to get picked in the squad was pretty cool, mate. But honestly, like to to wear your country's colours. Yeah. In, and you know, with everything that's gone on through your journey from well into that point, yeah. there's, a, there's a so so much, so many learnings and so much development and so much so much heart and soul that's gone into the whole thing. Like to so get much. to that to, to to walk out. I mean, what was the first place you walked out in England? Like what stadium were you in? Um, where were we? I can't even remember. I can't even remember one. I, I remember walking out there and my legs were shaking like. Crazy national playing, yeah, and then the anthem. I don't think I sung the anthem because I, I was just like, you dazed. I, I was dazed, bro, and I was like <laughs> so upset. I was just like, like my chin started wobbling, like I was starting to get emotional, and I was just like, like fuck, I'm actually here. And then, and then leading into the haka, the haka was probably the best thing to kind of snap me back into reality. Yeah, talk talk to me about this. You, you still, you still, you do that before every game, right? Every yeah, so. Um, rugby union, rugby league, they do it, yeah before every game. Do a haka, right? In, when you, what age do you get start getting taught this in 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 New Zealand? Um, so at schools they they you know they have haka practice. Um, they, they, as well. they, they teach it at school. Yeah, they te- so there's it's like a they just, you know they like like teaching some Maori like Maori songs you know Maori haka yeah, yeah, yeah. Maori performances. There's normally like haka haka groups in each school where you know kids can just kind of just join. But most of the time it's just from watching the All Blacks. It's it's like kids just watching the All Blacks. Kids know the haka from watching the All Blacks. That's pretty much and how you know. Is is there a set like set of moves that have to be performed in the haka or, yeah. or what's 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 the go with it? Cause so the All Blacks one they've got. Uh, kamate which is kind of their one that they've had for hundreds of years that they've just always done um and yeah the the like actions are pretty much the same throughout that whole haka yeah um and then yeah some teams will have their own hakas you hakas are kind of they come from each tribe like each tribe will have their different haka yeah but then for most new zealand teams they um, like, like these days they try and incorporate each tribe into a haka they'll probably make up a new haka to kind of like recognise the cultures in that team and then yeah I like and it and then do it through the actions and so there's a, there's a lot of symbolism and a lot of yeah. meaning to Kiwis through yeah. this through this haka yeah. yeah yeah and then, yeah it's just pretty much warning the opposition that like it's go time we're ready for war yeah 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 yeah. because yeah. originally the hacker was a war dance wasn't it yeah. before they were fighting the english yeah. back in the day yeah that's what they were doing yeah yeah no it's 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 um i've i've watched 
when England play, played um, the Kiwis, played the All Blacks and all that stuff, I've seen it many times where they'll, they'll be at you know National Stadium and you know, they'll be stood there and they'll, the English team will be around the semicircle like yeah. that and then, and then you boys are all doing your hacker things. Mm. And just hearing the intensity of that in a stadium that big, but you hear everything. Yeah. It's like... It's crazy. It's a cra- it's a cra- it looks like a crazy experience. And you must have to practice that because that's a performance before a performance. Yeah, especially like like what I said, like the Kiwis. So the Kiwis, we do a different haka to the All Blacks. Yeah. We've got our own haka. So we practice that like throughout the week. And obviously new boys that come into um, the Kiwis would need to get taught that, talk the actions, you know, taught everything. We, we set up where everyone's going to stand, kind of yeah. all of that type of stuff before. So when we get to the field, everyone's just... Just full choreographed yeah. everything. Yeah, so everyone um, just knows where they're going to stand, and yeah, and it's more powerful. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. you, you do it. You, don't you do it like sometimes you do it from a point in a triangle, yeah. and sometimes you do it wider. It depends on the team you're playing, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, so yeah. It just depends on on. The, so at the Kiwis, we got someone who takes the haka, so he's like our cultural advisor. So he'll just come teach us all of that stuff. He'll do all our prayers for dinner and stuff like that and then he'll teach us the haka. So most of the time we, we, we start in a point that's like a spearhead. Yeah. So that's that's why they, they'll stand in a point. Um, but yeah, it, it, heaps, of, heaps of people have their own different ones. Is, has there ever been like a, a massive a massive hoo-ha because someone's completely annihilated the dance routine? Like, uh, Not really. Some, some boys are, I guess, are a bit standoffish. Um, like that come from different cultural backgrounds because it, it is a Maori war dance. Right. And, and I guess, you know, like some people probably just don't feel as com- like confident yeah. um, doing it. But um, like a haka is like, you just show your passion. Like you, you can stuff up the actions or whatever. It doesn't have to, it's not like, it's not a dance routine. You could just do anything. But if you're doing it passionate, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you're trying to scare your opposition, you know, and then yeah. whatever you do in the haka to... To make that happen, yeah, it's, it's all have, good. Have you ever seen it? Like, obviously, throughout your international career, have you ever looked at someone and seen their and seen them like their bottle go because of a hacker, like in the opposition team? Um, not, I haven't seen it. But I'll at the start of every hacker, I'll I'll look at someone. Usually, whoever I'm coming up against in that game, I'll I'll look at them like dead in the eye, like, and I just won't take my eyes off that one person. But, yeah, um, yeah, so you all have your one person. Yeah, most of the time they're probably doing the same. So like most of the time I'll, I'd look at them and they could be looking at someone else and, and stuff like that. But you do get those eyes where they like look at you and then they like look away and they look back to see if you're still looking at them, you know, yeah, those ones. So it's um, yeah, 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 it's, it's special and it's a credit to the, like other, a lot of the other teams as well for them to let, you know, let the New Zealand teams do that before a game is... It's pretty special. I think other teams appreciate it as well because it, it does lead into the hype of the game, and and they probably get just as pumped up now as as we do. I, I mean, I, I would I would be more. I, I, it would be weirder for me if you didn't do it. Yeah. Because I'm I'm used to seeing like every time I've seen rugby England New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, whether it's league or union, I'm just used to seeing it. Yeah. If it didn't happen, I'd be like, that's weird, man. Yeah. Because that that's. That's just what you expect. Mm. That's what that's what the whole world's come to expect. Like it's a spectacle. It's a, it's yeah. a it's an art form in itself. Yeah. I mean to to think how much 
culture he goes into it while you're coming through all the youth system and that it's like taught at every level right through yeah. to even learn for me today I've learned that they teach that in schools that's mm-hmm. mad yeah, that's bro. mad yeah. that's how that's how ingrained it is in your culture that's yeah. that's, that's nice when you think yeah. about it that's, that's worth a lot I think I think um, they've been talking about trying to stop the All Blacks from doing it because I think some teams say that you know they're getting a competitive advantage as well so there's always talks about like not letting them do it but I think it's just because the All Blacks are so good they just other teams are finding any excuse you know it's just that in New Zealand as far as I'm aware I just think that everyone puts their heart and soul into into becoming an All Black mm. as a man as yeah. a young man growing up it's not like you don't hear you don't hear of many people like picking tennis over rugby as no. a man like do you know what I mean like it's not it's, you've got your sport yeah. And you all go in on the same sport, and that's why you're so good. Yeah. Because even though you've got the, the least amount of people out of all the countries in the world, like, what was there, two million or something? Yeah. Two or three million? I think after, I was looking because of the Olympics, I think it's there, like three or four. Three or four million, four, right? Yeah. Three or four million, but yet you've got some of the best rugby players in the world. Mm. Why? Because you guys are playing it from when you're like six years old. Yeah, and it's just the culture. It's just... It's just a part of New Zealand's culture. And not only that, all, all the New Zealanders and Islanders that come live in New Zealand, they're all fucking massive. You're built yeah. for rugby. You're not built... Yeah. You, 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 your body determines what sport you pick. Mm, you don't, pretty much, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you boys are built... You, you boys from, from day one, when you're eating that taro and stuff, you're, yeah. built, for, you're built for that. You're built for the... For rugby, yeah, you ain't gonna be built for nothing else. <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's ingrained. Yeah, like, and that's why you're so good. That, that that that, I think England's got a lot better though over the years. They're good, bro. They're they good. are good. They're they? sharp. Yeah, they yeah. they got a lot better. I mean, I mean, mate. The, the I remember the day that the day that changed my life. That when rugby really came in it was that World Cup when when Johnny Wilkinson was kicking for us. Like that was that. against Australia, right? Eh? Yeah. Well, yeah. that was a final, but the that whole that whole tournament was brilliant. Yeah, that whole tournament, mate. For 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 someone yeah, who man. for that 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 was that galvanized our country. Yeah, then because it it just made it just when same as New Zealand, like the whole country just got around the sporting team, and it's just beautiful to see. Yeah, sick. And it's like when this, you know, Johnny Wilkinson, a, a guy that's put so much time and effort into perfecting his craft, and yeah. you know what that takes, and then to do that. And then to do that on the last kick of the game, bro. Yeah, you know how stage, much pressure there bro. is in that, bro. Yeah, so like, much. Like, there's enough pressure standing there. It was a bad foot, too. Yeah. This is bad foot. Was it bad foot? Bad foot, yeah. He kicked that right right footed, that field goal. And he's a left footed kicker. Because I, I grew up, I I idolised him for that same job. Have kick. you ever met him? Nah, haven't. You never, you, your paths now. I know you're on different sides of the coin, but I, I thought maybe your paths would cross at some point. Nah, I. I I probably um, recognise more union, like as I said, like, growing up, I wanted to be an All Black, so I'll recognise old union players over league players because I didn't, yeah. I just didn't follow it at all. So if I seen him on the street, I'd be like, like, but, oh, yeah. that's but yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm terrible like that. I'll see a like a someone famous or anything like that, and I'll, I'll never go up and say hello. Like I don't always have to ask for a photo, but I'm just like. I'm so afraid. The, the, the day I get him on this podcast, and he will be on this podcast, bro. the day I get him on, bro, I'll introduce you. Yes, bro. Yeah, Please. because I reckon that'd be sick. I'll sit you both down because then you can both talk about the different codes. Yeah. And, you could, and it'd be quite good because you, you both play at the highest level but in different codes. How good a podcast would that be? Do you bro, know what I mean? That'd be sick. I, be I, sick. I never kick no win- game-winning field goal there, but, yeah, but I'd love bro, to. Bro, you've played for your country. You've <laughs> done the hacker. You've, you've walked out in front of 50,000 people for, for club. You've done You've done a lot, mate. Oh, like you got it. you got it. you got to, like... Give yourself some credit at some point, and mm. fair play to you for everything you've done. Thanks for that. You, 
we were talking before the podcast about about the fact of like when you when you're coming up to retirement and the choice you had to make to get out of the game. And you were saying to me before the podcast about the fact that like you had a lot of big international offers come in. Yeah, I, I didn't have any big international offers. I just I could have chased options over in the Super League in the UK. Yeah, um, and just last year was just a crazy year, crazy year for everyone, you know, and not only just like me because of my situation, but the whole world. So I I, I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to chase money, chase op- like that for the sake of my family. I didn't know if that was the best option for my family at the time, especially when COVID was so crazy as well. So yeah. um, that's that's why we're still here and um, I'm playing Union now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, where are you playing Union? Just at Bond. That's that's how I know Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the gym, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just playing at Bond. Our season got canned, is, unfortunately. Is, is, what, what level is Bond? So it's kind of, there's not many comps in Australia. So it's, there's Super Rugby. Right, which is the top, the top level, and then there's there's obviously international above that, but then um, they normally have the NRC, but I'm not too sure if they have it. So it's pretty much like the grade below. So like, yeah. we'll get guys from Super Rugby coming back and playing for us. Because Jimmy's a good player too, isn't good, he? Real good, bro. He played for Italy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's he's a real good player. And he played for Italy as a, a league or or union. Union. Yeah, yeah he yeah, played. Union. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's gun, bro. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I, I was like, this is probably my chance to not go overseas and and keep playing league, but my chance to have a crack at trying to get something in union professionally, and um, like yeah, over the last year, obviously building my brand and then kind of just chasing that union dream again. And so every everything, every decision I make now is either for. Firstly, for my family, but for Chur Media and um, for my union. So, so do you think then that you'll play at international level for union now? Uh, I think I've missed the missed the jump in New Zealand. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I. But you're not you're not you're not counting it out. Is, nah. is that is that is that is that like a secret? Is that a goal in the back of your head? To see, just, see what you've got left. You've you've come. You've changed codes again just to go back. Yeah, there's just no like because you could have stayed at Broncos, couldn't you? Oh no! Nah, I didn't resign there, so yeah, my contract finished, and then they didn't want to keep me on, so that's that's when I left. But um, I just I just don't want to like I hate saying that's not an option or that's not going to happen because there's so many more crazier stories that have happened. There's a cool story about an All Black um, at the moment. He debuted. He's 29 this year. He he was in an All Blacks ad just as an extra. Yeah. Um, four years ago. He went down to uni in Otago and was just playing local footy. Um, and now he's an actual All Black. So he was in an All Blacks ad as an extra, like pretending to be an All Black. Really? Like four or five years ago or something. Fuck. And now, now he's an All Black. And now bro. he's a full on, now he's, now he's a full on All Black. All Black, bro. That's some crazy shit. I mean, yeah. what is the time frame that you have to be a top, top player at union and league level? Union's a bit different. You could be, you could be 35 and killing it and union will appreciate you. And that's the one thing I probably don't, um, really so like about league. Is le- like, leagues, leagues a short career, is it? Yeah, I think it's just, it's so tough on, so much tougher on the body, depending on what position you play. But if you're a 35 year old and killing it in the, in the NRL, then everyone's probably just going to be like, okay, this is his last year. This is his last year, you know? Whereas Union, you're 35 and killing it. They'll be like, he's got five years left, you know? Like, he's got, yeah, he's yeah, still yeah. killing it at that age. They, uh, I think 
yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a funny one. I think Union appreciates experience more than league does. And fuck, you know, like there's so much, so much to it in there. Really, mm. when you break it all down, so much. How much have you learned about your mindset throughout the whole, through the whole piece, though, and how pivotal that is throughout my whole career? Yeah, just like I guess I've always got like something to bring me back. I guess if you look on it from a, like a green down here is my like when I'm at my best. Yeah, reds down here, and this is my mental state. I guess like. Like you always kind of want to be in the middle, and yeah. and and what brings me back to the middle is my family and and Jess, and I've always like whenever I go, so you through, anchor yourself to your family. Yeah, whenever yeah. I come, I lean this way. What's the only thing that's going to bring me back is my family and Jess. And if I get too hot headed, then I'm like, shit, I need to get back to my family and Jess. And I've kind of just had that kind of over and over and over in any situation in my life is like. The last probably six to eight months has probably been my like toughest, just just like out of the um, like league system, you know, out of a full time system where I'm told what to do every day, yeah. I'm told where to be every day, what to train, yeah, you know, everything, everything, everything's been someone telling me what to do, and I've been getting paid well for it. Whereas this year, it's been like everything's up to me, like all the money I bring in is up to me, like I have to be at this place at this time. That's up to me. Like, was it a shock not getting your contract renewed? Yeah, I wanted to stay. I, I really wanted to stay. We got the wooden spoon last year, and I'm I'm a, like, I was such a like I am such a passionate Bronco. Like I've spent a lot of good years there, and I wanted to get the club back to where it should be, the pinnacle, yeah, where it yeah. should be. Like top four every year is what the Broncos should be, and I wanted to be a part of that. And I felt like I could add value there, not only through what I would do on the field, but my experience and my you know, my battles that I've, you know, gone through, I could help, you know, others get through their battles, you know, boys getting hurt every day. Um, and I felt like I had a lot more to give, but, um, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty upset when, when they literally just didn't call me back, just like wouldn't answer my calls, nothing. I oh, really? Stay, so, yeah. so, so really they didn't, so, so they didn't even do it in a nice way then really? No, not even, yeah. I, I wanted to stay bro and, and I was trying to reach out to them, but yeah, they just... Because I'd left my manager, so I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to do it myself. I didn't want to be told by my manager, like, oh, they're saying this, they're saying that. Like, I, I just wanted to do it myself. I was, like, in there. So I'd know firsthand what, what was what truthful was, and what was not. But yeah, 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 just yeah. to not be given the time of day after 10 years to be told. Like, even if they just told me, we don't want you anymore. I would have been happy with that. But just to not like totally disregard my calls and stuff like that. Was so how, how how have you gone about getting closure for yourself and for your own mindset from, from that experience? Or do you still think that's something you're working to terms with? Yeah, I think it's, it's something I'm working to terms with. I think it's just um, understanding the situation, you know, that the Bronx was in as well. They were, you know, bottom, they're the worst club in the comp last year. And so they obviously had all that to work around getting a new coach, all of the stuff that they're working on. And, yeah, that, I, I guess that's just why. It's just a culmination, I suppose. I suppose that when when things like that happen, someone's head has to roll, you mm. know what I mean? But, I, I, I mean, I just change the perspective of how I look at it. I think 
everything that you're doing and everything that's good in the world that's for you right now and, and it's going to be for you for the next few years and everywhere you're going right now is all a byproduct of, of, of you being released. Yeah. And if you hadn't have been released, you wouldn't have had to grow into this new version of Jordan. Yeah. Do you know what sure, I mean? Like yeah. you, you've got, a, you've now got a choice. Yeah. You've got to lean into this new version of Jordan. Yeah. And turn up and turn up for yourself. And, yeah. and then as a byproduct of you turn up for yourself, you turn up for your family mm-hmm. or, you, or, or, or you, or you can be resentful of this over here. And mm. you've obviously chosen the latter and obviously to, 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 to obviously lean in for your family and yeah. to go, you found a union club, you're training hard in the gym. I see you every, every other day in the gym, training hard, strength and conditioning your body, working on your knee, working on yeah. this. I didn't realise what you're doing, but after talking about your injuries, I presume that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're strengthening your body to play this game. Yeah. Bro, the dreams the dream's not even over. You no. might you might end up playing for the all blacks and having and having all these successful businesses as well because the Broncos let you go. Yeah, they've they've probably done you a massive fucking favour. Yeah. You've already played league at the top level, you've played for your country. Yeah. You don't need to keep playing league, do you? When mm. you think about it logically. No. You don't need to. You nah. you got way bigger things to do now. Yeah. Talk to me about how hard it was setting up like Cher Media on the back of. Was did you set that? Did you set that up before you left the game, or or was it something you literally set up as soon as you left? Nah. So I set that up um, 2019. So I was still playing. Um, yeah. That that just came off the back of. Um, I was I was vlogging a lot. I was I was showing people what it was like to be an NRL player. Yeah, I love and, that. Um, just giving people an insight, and then. I just enjoyed taking photos and videos. I was doing a lot for our family, for you know social media campaigns and that and that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I just enjoyed it. So I was like, I'm gonna like I had. It's crazy because when I was playing footy, I used to think I had no time. Like I had no time, but I was training seven to twelve, and I had the whole rest of the day just to do nothing, and I just chill. Like I was good because I had so much time with the family, but I um. I had like in 2019. I was like, I've got all this time where I can go out. You know, I can shoot, do all this other stuff as well, yeah. away from footy. So that's when I started show media in 2019. I shot a few weddings, um, just for mates, and I was like, oh, I just want to, like, I want to do this. And then I could build that w- alongside, um, you know, playing footy. And then when we got placed into a bubble last year, that's kind of when the clothing came about because I couldn't get out and shoot and take photos because we couldn't we couldn't do anything yeah yeah so that um, took that took your other income stream out yeah and and i still wanted to build chair media i still wanted people to know about chair media yeah so i was like how am i gonna do that and just off the back of leveraging from the brand that i already had that's when i just started making clothing and um i just didn't think it was gonna go as well as it has and like each each clothing um, drop that I have it just it goes crazy so I'm just like I just, it just keeps going and keeps so how, building so how many pieces did you start off with in the clothing brand like in terms of like how many pieces of each piece did you start with and then how much have you grown to now with each drop um, so I, I think I started with like 30 t-shirts just like the plainest t-shirt you'll see just a black t-shirt with the chair definition on the back, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need you to drop that definition because I because yeah. I see every every Kiwi bloke I I, I meet goes chair bro chair, but I just don't know what the fuck it means. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so many meanings, it's crazy. Like you can just you can say it in any situation. It's, it's, it's hello, it's thanks, it's um yeah, so so many things. It's such you, it's such a Kiwi institutional yeah, word though. Yeah, like to 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 have that as a brand name, it really resonates over here. Yeah, especially with everything you come off the back, and it's it's also useful to you because coming off the off 
because your personal brand grew through through obviously playing playing footy and stuff you've you've now you've now got these people you can get different people wearing your t-shirts because you've got you know these people mm. you know that that's that's yeah that's what i call like um people don't realize how much capital they have yeah because they think capital is just money but capital can also be reputational capital. Yeah. And you've took your reputational capital and leveraged your reputational capital to get people wearing your shirts to yeah. create, then that creates your, you know, cash flow capital yeah. because you've done that. Because I was, I was looking at your, your Instagram the other day and there was this um, t- NBA player. Yeah. Wearing your fucking hoodie. Yeah, yeah. And he plays for Spurs. Yeah, Petty Mills. Yeah, I was super, super. How, how did that happen? Petty's a big Bronx fan. So that's how we. Um, we met, we met, um, I think it would have been 2012, 2013. And just from that moment on, we kind of just kept in contact and, um, yeah, he just hit me up for some gear one day. So I sent him, sent him a few gear and then, you know, they walk into a game and they're wearing yeah. fits and people take photos. He, he actually sent me, I didn't even see it cause I wasn't following Spurs at the time. He sent me the Spurs post and like on the f- like the very first frame of the Spurs post was his like was his entrance wearing a chair like hoodie and I was just like I think it was a mask first actually he was wearing a chair mask first and I was like bro like I was just so grateful I, I remember I was in the car and I was just like I just couldn't believe it and then another Australian NBA player hit me up um, he literally I think I put it on my story of Patty and he he messaged me. Um, I'd never like never had any contact with him or anything. He just messaged me. He said, "Where's mine?" I was like, "What the hell?" Like another NBA player hit him up, so I sent him some as well. And then the same thing happened. He was just walking into a game and rocking my merch. It's crazy. I was, I was that's 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 fantastic, man. Because I'm gonna build. Um, and we've been talking about this off off air, but I'm gonna build um a merch brand into into what into what I do as well like with this yeah. because I just believe that I, I believe wholeheartedly in this podcast and everything like we're trying to communicate getting people yeah. like you on and I just think it's such a powerful powerful way to communicate what you're trying to communicate and connect with more people yeah. like, that just goes to show you doesn't it? it only takes one person and it starts to yeah. resonate I mean did you get a big influx of sales on the back of the, on the back of these people wearing it yeah bro yeah I definitely and just yeah obviously like me just posting it and people being like oh like, like even people that were just following me already were like, "Oh, there's NBA players wearing that. I want to buy some now." You know, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, hadn't, yeah. That hadn't bought some before. And do you just do you just do it as like limited edition drops of everything? Yeah. So usually, I'll, I'll probably come out with maybe the the max would be 180 pieces, probably. Yeah, and per drop. Yeah, per that, drop. That's that's of everything: hoodies, t-shirts, everything. Yeah, and and most of the time, like over the last year, it's just been restocks of old things that I've I've sold because I didn't really yeah like I said I, I hadn't planned on going into the clothing space but just because it's been going well I, I just want to create new and better products for yeah people to people to get and I always like put little teasers out and see if people are keen and just see the reactions you've, de- you've definitely you've definitely got something you've definitely found your flair outside of the sporting game mm. with every, with the content you're creating and I'll what I'll do is I'll link the media company I'll link the things in the description so people can go see it mm. on your Instagram because I've I've watched some of the clips and you definitely lean in it's like I say to most people like everyone says everyone's will come to me and say hey Frankie how do I start a podcast or how do I start this how do I start this they'll they'll, they'll try and lean into what I, what I'm 
feel is like my 0.01% skill and that yeah. I've found that's took me years to find and they'll try and lean into what I'm doing because I'm doing it Yeah, and I'm like that's not the question the question is like you've got to find what lights you up and then lean into that for yourself yeah, for like, sure. and that and that's different f- for you and different yeah. for me Yeah, like someone else does my video editing yeah. and I give them I give them the content and they edit it because that's their skill. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good that you found your, your other skill outside of it is to edit all this content and to yeah. create this branding and do all that. Yeah. You know, because obviously you've spent your whole life tackling people and kicking balls and yeah. fucking this, that and the other, doing all, doing all things that you, nothing related to pho- photography or videography nah. to find, to, to, to find that avenue is, is a, is a fantastic thing to that creative sure. flair. I think, I think a lot of the, a lot of the time I held myself back from like getting into that because I was worried about what my teammates would say and, and social media, you know, it was always like, ah, oh, you posted a photo of you on your missus, like, or like, like, or that's kind so, of the, so that's, that, that's kind of, it seems, it seems strange to hear that yeah. from such, from, from a, from an international rugby league yeah. player. Do you know what I'm saying? For so long, bro, I really struggled with that and I've always been quite imaginative and creative and the only thing that was holding me back was worrying about what, what other boys people would say thought. to me on Monday morning at training. Yeah. How did you, uh, and was, so actually then, now you've said that, that shows you why you left the Broncos, bro. That shows you, that shows you exactly why you didn't get your contract renewed because you weren't allowed to be your authentic self, were you? Yeah. It, it's like, a, it's part of it, I guess. Um, but I, I, yeah, I've been doing my my photo video stuff a long time before I left, and I I I could relate it back to why I left because I I did leave in 2019 and I played for another team for one year. Yeah, and then I came back to the Broncos, and and that could like a lot of the system is like you you're a footy player. Yeah, like and even agents say it, my old agent used to say like, why are you posting all this other stuff? You know, like you're a footy player, like this. Yeah, but, but why can't I do all this other stuff and build my brand? Like, well, this is this is the same problem that Alex Ferguson had with David Beckham, right? David David Beckham was a football player, you know, one of the best right wingers has ever been, right? Yeah, but and he, and even even the top Man United players at the time from then say he was one of the hardest trainers on the field, but Ferguson got rid of him because he thought his off the field exploits in business and all his investments and stuff were getting ahead of his football. But it was never the case. He went on and killed it at AC Milan. He yeah. went on and killed it at Real Madrid and all this stuff. But it's like, in if you're brought up like Alex Ferguson or like your coaches or like your mm. and, and you're in the old world, you know you you you're you're in that you're indoctrinated into that. It's got to be the one thing which you have, yeah. which which is like one dimensional. But but you were thinking, no, no, I want because you because you want to look after your family. You're like, yeah. I want to create extra revenue streams from things that I love as well. Because yeah. when the game's over. You lot aren't going to be there to pay my electric bill. No. Do you know what I mean? Because that's that's that, that's it. They'll clip that agent will clip the ticket of your of what you're earning for the next five years while you're playing. Yeah. The day you stop playing, he won't ever call you again. But it's so, it's so true. And yeah, like I said, I I I was glad I got to a point where I was like, I didn't care what anyone else thought, and that's like my main focus was like playing good footy, building my brand for my family. And creating content, and I, and I'm like I can happily say that, you know, I see younger players now doing stuff outside of the sport, um, the sport and I can happily say that I had a part to play in that. No one was vlogging, no one was creating so much content like what I was doing when I started it. And um, if I'd given confidence to anyone to be like, oh yeah, I can do that, I can do that now, what as well as play well. 
Hundred percent, bro. It's like if you document your whole career, not only and put it on YouTube, not only have you got it and your family got that for life yeah. to look back on, which is a beautiful thing for your kids who perhaps don't aren't old enough to see it. Oh, I can watch ten years of my dad's career. Yeah, right. When I'm sixteen years old, because it's documented on YouTube. Mm. Not only is it documented on YouTube, but you can generate ad revenue as a byproduct of it being on YouTube anyway. Yeah, and it's no extra work mm. because all you're doing is documenting what you're fucking doing. Yeah, it's, like it's, yeah. It, I don't know why everyone's not doing it. I know it's yeah. Like if I could give advice to any like young player coming through, like and there's no doubt like a young athlete coming through would know someone that's into filming. It's yeah, so yeah, common yeah, these yeah, days yeah. for one of your mates to be like into that stuff. Yeah, give him some money each week. Like, give him, pay him two hundred bucks or whatever you can afford Film, to pay he'll, him. He'll love it because he's improving his videography yeah, skills. Yeah. While whilst it doesn't, it, both of you are going like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. both of you. He's going to build his his content game and learn so much, and you're going to build your brand by not doing anything, just being yeah. yourself on front of the camera. Yeah, he can do all the video editing. You don't even have to know about editing or, or video or anything. And but just just do it. And here's the thing that people don't understand is when if you got ten years worth of content of your whole career on YouTube, yeah, and then a film director wants to yeah. wants to do a career wants to do um, a movie on a, a rugby league star, yeah, because they want to do a movie on you, and then they've seen you go through your ups downs, injuries, comebacks, all this stuff through ten years worth of YouTube videos, and you've now got two hundred fifty thousand followers. On, or subscribers on YouTube or a million subscribers on YouTube because you've just put in 10 years of, of co- videos every day yeah. right but not even thought about it no more work to you ah. and who's going to get who's going to get it you or the guy that's got not got no not got no media not got no YouTube followers not got no anything yeah. like that it's like the biggest mistake that I ever made right the best the best thing I ever did was start talking the the I just wish I'd fucking done it 10 years earlier but, yeah, yeah, right? yeah I should have been I should have been on camera doing podcasting and doing all this that I'm doing now at 33 years old I should have been doing it at fucking 18 yeah bro because it's a life changer yeah because every week even even if even if you've got a podcast that's alright mine mine's doing bits now it's it's getting it's starting to catch a lot of traction it's doing fucking numbers it's getting in top hundreds in different countries that's great but I started with zero listeners too yeah right and I've had to push it over 12 months to get to this point yeah what I'm saying is even if you fucking just picked up three listeners a week, that's three more people right. that, you do not know how powerful it is to, even if you did it a podcasting for a whole year or YouTube for a whole year or created videos for a whole year, you do not know how powerful 250 to 1,000 people at the end of that year is to you yeah. and, and what, it, what it can mean to your brand, your connections, your life, yeah. your mindset, your opportunity to earn cash flow. Everything just opens up. Because you're putting sure. out content, but everyone's sitting there behind private profiles or trying to curate their their Instagram feed to look a certain way yeah. and 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 please certain fucking people and hit this amount of likes and yeah. all this fucking crap. Just put out your put out true content to yourself. Yeah, and it's like I've just I, to, this morning I woke up right. I got a message from this guy who's got a fucking top one hundred podcast in in America. He wants me to go on his podcast, oh. and I'm like. And and uh, when they, when I ask him how he found me, it's because some other guy who listens to my podcast in America shared my content in America, and he saw it, and then he Sick. listened to one episode, and he's like, "Fuck, I want to get this guy on my podcast." And 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 there's a lot more hard work that goes into getting that on that podcast than than that. Obviously, yeah. there's twelve months, but just start. 
everywhere so everyone start man so key and and like you're saying before you could have like it's just basic business like you all you need is like 100 to 1000 loyal customers that will buy a product and like you, you like you, i've you got 72000 people on like followers but like if i if i have like 200 people that will buy merch then i'm stoked I don't need all of those people to buy merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, uh, just, just start, just start whatever, like, like whatever your interests are. It has to be like aligned with you, aligned with you as well. Yeah, it has to be like something you're interested to do as well because people just see right through it. I was having, I, I had a go at Jimmy in the gym (laughs) because he's in there one day and I'm like, he's doing all these training and I'm like, why? Where the fuck's the camera? Yeah, I'm like, you're in here on your own. Where's the camera? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, why are you not filming your training? And he goes, why would I do that? I'm like, you dumb fucker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bro, you, you, you film all your training for the next six months. You can just voice over the videos and, and you can pull bits, clips out and that can be your training program. Now you've got a training course. Yeah. Now you've got a starter, a beginning, medium and, and third, rugby course. You've got an agility course. You've got all these courses yeah. pulled out of content that you've just shot whilst just because you're actually doing the content yourself. Yeah. So you're just training, you set a camera up at one end, film the content, and then and then you've got YouTube videos, you've got Instagram content, you've got yeah. all this content, you've got stories, you've got everything, all this stuff all done, and you just send it to one video editor in one package, he just edits it up, cuts it up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like, it's, it's what I call net time. No extra time required. Right? right, and that's what net time is. Every, you should always look for things like if you're on a if you're cycling on a, on a bike and you're going at fucking you're just trying to hit like you know maybe like five eight ten k's an hour or something on, a, on your on a bike at the gym. You could read a book at the same time. You can listen to a podcast. Yeah, There's no extra time involved because you're already there. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? So, sure. en- so anything you can do like anything that the, the audience can do like that, yeah. where there's no extra time needed. Yeah, it's like why wouldn't you do it? And the cameras, you can get a camera for 500 bucks, man. Right, easy. And like I said before, all you need is three people a week. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't, I think people work like, they're wanting thousands and, and wanting to go viral too much. You get three people a week. Yeah. It's it's crazy important. Bro, like, the, there's, a, there's a, I mean, I think, I think if if you said there's probably, probably about 10 or 12,000 people like a week that probably run through this podcast, probably more. But if you listen to the core, the, the, there's probably say, say there's a core thousand people, right? Mm. Those core thousand people that know, like, love and, and value what we're putting out right now, yeah. that listen to every fucking episode, whether you're a rugby player or whether you're an e-com guy, yeah. that those people, they, because, because they know that I'm doing this for the right reason. They know that I want the best for them. Mm. They'll probably share it with about three or four other people. I'd I'd like to hope that I'm giving them enough value for that, and yeah. they'll do it. And it's like that's that that word of mouth you get, and that's how you grow. For sure. And it's like it's so it's so undervalued. People do not know the value of a hundred or two hundred people right. because if you put them in your fucking lounge, and if you took you know twenty dollars a week. Um, or, or you know 40 bucks a month off these people like how does that change your life it changes your life a lot when you add it up yeah bro it's crazy it's fucking crazy man it's so like, like I'm glad that you touched on that because it's like, something I'm trying to drill into everybody that listens to this is how important it is to, to one start and two no extra time tasks like even if you've got a fucking plumbing business you should be documenting it yeah because it's going to get you more work it's going to oh, get you it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy it's, it's just it's the modern world like and like you said before we can't we can't just be one dimensional anymore it's just like you you got to have other shit going 
Like yeah. and, and probably the most successful business people in the world. They've got fucking so many things going, you know. Rev- it's just revenue streams, man. Yeah. It's just revenue streams. Like you, you how many revenue streams do you have now? Um so I've got two media the clothing, I've got the the content, I've got um my gaming and then I've got my social media. So you get paid for gaming as well? Yeah, bro, yeah. So it's building that. Funny story. I saw, I saw <laughs> you get called a shit rush. Yeah, <laughs> some some little some little tyke. He was he was you were playing you were playing on gaming right the other day and I, I didn't know you get paid and I'm I'm glad you said that cuz I I want to talk about this too but like you I saw you playing the other day and then some guys like you're a shit rugby player, bro. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like this so this geezer's never got out of his mum's lounge and he's called you a shit rugby player but you've played for your country. I thought that's ironic, isn't it? It's, it's so funny because usually, like, you don't know who you're playing against, and it, when you kill someone, your name will come up saying that you killed them. So he must have seen my name, quickly said that, and like the two seconds that he gets to speak to me. So when yeah. you die, right? Yeah. So you, you can, shot you shot him in the head, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you kill someone, they've got two seconds to say, like pretty much two or three seconds to say whatever they want to you, and then that's it. And then for him to like see my name and be like say it that quickly that's why I found it so funny I was like fuck I've got to share this it's it's funny it's, it's, so, ha- so talk me through how you've how you're now getting paid for gaming um, so I streamed uh, to Twitch and yeah just through subscribers I, I think I've only I think I'm up to like 60 subscribers and that's um, they pay like $8 every month to watch you play games to watch me play the games yeah and I, that's another thing I built pretty much the same time as my clothing um, side to chair media at, at the same time I was like I'm in a bubble I can't do literally can't do anything so I, that's when I started the clothing and I said like, I'm going to start streaming pretty much to, just to give people an insight to what I was doing they can just come through um, on my on my live stream and just ask me questions anything about so you, life so, footy so let, me, so, so let me get this straight you're playing video games in your lounge yeah right and you're getting paid eight bucks a month by 60 people to watch yeah. you do what you enjoy right. at your leisure time crazy crazy fucking hell i know it's it, it, that is that is mad that yeah. you don't even have to you don't even have to get a nipple out for that right, i know <laughs> over the la- over the last month oh over the last year sorry like twitch streaming's just gone crazy i i, I knew crazy. i knew people got paid but i didn't think you could get it was that easy. Mm. Like, so they can donate, they they can subscribe, they can donate, and then they can gift you these things called bits. We get a certain portion of money from as well. So they can donate. Like anyone could just come on. I've seen people just go onto random people's and be like, "Here's two thousand dollars, straight but, into your PayPal." But, but but I can't understand. I know. I don't understand. Uh, I I get you're getting paid for it, and I understand, yeah. and that's great. I don't understand why people are paying to watch people play games. I guess it's. A lot of people, you know, um, and I, I want to understand this. the science. I guess, like, like when you, I guess when someone, anyone goes live and you write a comment on on their live, you're you're waiting for that person to like see your message and and say something back to you. Yeah, and I think it's dopamine that you get you get that dopamine hit from. Right. So I think uh, like a lot of the time people oh, are doing it to yeah. get that hit. You know. So, so they, they when they pay you like, um, like when they tip you like, oh, cheer, bro. Yeah, bro, yeah. actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> I've got this little thing that um pops up now, and it's like, cheer. And you do a little shaka, yeah. You do a shaka, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I guess people just, yeah, like for me as a small streamer, I'm super small, and for them to just come on and have a conversation that they wouldn't normally get to someone like me is like just 
Yeah. Do you get, do you get many of them come in for like talk to you about rugby and stuff? And yeah, heaps, heaps. Of, sometimes I have to put the title as I'm not at the Broncos because so many people come in and ask me questions about the Bronx. And instead of me replying, I'm just like, I'm, bro, I'm not at the Bronx anymore. Like, I'm not there. Like, they're like, when are you back? When are you this? And you know, yeah, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. Um, because was it never announced by the Broncos that you'd left then? Nah, nah. It's a weird. It's, it's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird thing when you left that place, isn't it? Mm. A weird thing. Shame, um, really. But but I think it. But I think it's going to make you. I think. Yeah. I think you're leaning into all the right things. Yeah. When you've got a hundred thousand people paying you eight bucks uh, yeah. a, a month for streaming, bro, you're not going to be moaning about the Broncos. No. Like, yeah, it's know. it's crazy, bro. It's it's um yeah. I follow a lot of streamers. There's a there's a really big one in Brisbane that plays. Uh, he plays a different game, but he, he's like super famous now crazy like he'd be multi-millionaire easy just from like streaming those games have you heard of ksi and comedy game yeah right so ksi and comedy game are from my city in the uk yeah okay so when com so uh, i i knew knew of those boys growing up anyway yeah but comedy gamer he um he he was training at my boxing gym vix gym in the uk for his fights Obviously, look, he didn't do very well in them, but fair yeah. play, and he got paid a lot of money. Yeah. But it, but the reason I say it is because that shows the power of gaming. Crazy, bro. Because those boy, those boys, I when I was back in England, I think two years ago, um, I was tr- I was training him in the gym and uh, training him in the gym and done some light sparring with him, uh, very light, <laughs> very fucking light. <laughs> <laughs> but he he um he uh he like he has got mate, he rolls up in his Lamborghini, bro. Crazy. Or all. all all, all bought off the back of um, gaming. Gaming, bro, it's like, crazy. It's like crazy. you Don't. can either be Twitch is cool because you can be a gun gamer, and that's why you like get a big following. Yeah, we well, could just go in there and talk shit. And I, I think I'm probably like in between. I'm, I'm decent. Like I'm okay, but I'm nothing special. I'm not going to go to any comps and win any gaming yeah, yeah, comps. But you I, don't have to. You're I, getting paid. Talk bro. shit. Yeah, talk shit. And like I'll jump on with the footy boys and just just talk shit and we just be ourselves. And and, and and they get paid too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they're streaming, yeah. And um, yeah. Like it's just another thing. I just wish I'd done it sooner. We we used to go away every away trip. There was four of us that used to play FIFA. Yeah. And just the banter, bro. Like, yeah, just ripping on each other. Imagine. imagine if we just streamed in a hotel room of our, like... We could have done it, though. Bro, we could have. A lot of these young players, hopefully they'll listen to this podcast. Hopefully yeah. a lot of the younger players will listen to this podcast through your audience and my audience and understand of how many opportunities there are to create streams of revenue whilst you're playing and also business people that listen to this and people that are trying to do big shit in their life just how many opportunity everyone just how many opportunities there are to make money i mean i Crazy. knew you could get uh, but literally i could set up a, a even if i was a shit gamer myself but because i've building a following and building a uh, building a name i could set frankly podcast up on fucking streaming right easy yeah do you know what i mean yeah. Like, do you, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking, fucking hell, can you do it? Can you do it with podcasts then? Yeah. I don't, I'm just trying, I'm just thinking outside one, the box here. Yeah, you easily could have one, have one, one show a month where it's live. Yeah. Just yeah. Talk, sitting down talking. Yeah, fucking hell. Sure, man. bro. It's, yeah, it's crazy. There's so many people think, like, I can't do that because this person's doing it, you know? I can't do that. But, like, fuck, there's so much room at the table. The table's, like, endless. If you, all you have to do is drive around the Gold Coast and see many houses are. On the water, fucking yeah. There's that many rich people. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunity for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just it's not just here. I think the whole world, like even if you're living in 
fucking the back end of Glasgow right now and you're listening to this and you're thinking about oh yeah but I'm I'm in Glasgow it's like yeah bro like there's so much even if you've got a fucking wash 27 cars to earn enough money to buy yourself the streaming camera just fucking do it crazy because because, because if it, because you you just want to cr- try and create as many streams of revenue over the internet as possible yeah for sure do you know what I mean because it's the internet that's the key the, the key in all this it's like yeah. is it online if it's offline, forget about it. Use use offline stuff to make money so that you can get online businesses going. Yeah. Because offline, I know there'll always be need offline businesses, but like online's where it's at. Like in terms of like, especially over the last year, it's I think shows hopefully you. it's woken a lot of people up. That yeah, the internet's just king. They can just turn. They can just turn. They can just turn your business off, physical business off mm. in, in a day. I mean, even if they turned your online business off in regards to one website, you can pop another one up and drive ads to it the next day anyway. Yeah. So it's like you are more, you're more nimble online. There's less yeah. overheads. You need to be online. Even if you're a real estate agent, you need to be building an online brand. You need to be doing like digital tours, get, get, you know, all this stuff, yeah. you know, just create some form of stream online. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do it, but just find, just find jog, a way, just find a way to, to make extra, extra money rather than you having to physically go and sell houses every day. So true. <laughs> so powerful, mate. I'm glad. I'm glad we went into all that. What's from from your point of view? If there was like three or four key pieces of advice that you've learned throughout your career as a as a pro athlete and, and in the in the business game that you've learned, what what are kind of, what are kind of some of the key points that you drop that you that you would want to leave the audience if you left the planet tomorrow? The first thing is what I, what I said earlier is is enjoy your youth without tarnishing your future. The second would be have your know where your middle ground is. My middle ground is my family and my kids, and when everything's going good, um, I look back at, at like, I look to them, and that's why I'm doing it. When everything's going bad, you know, I, I get back to them, and and that gives me motivation to get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then my third would just to be like we we just spoke about. Just start. Don't worry about what other people's opinions are gonna be like they're not gonna be there to pay your bills like you said earlier they're not gonna be there to put food on the family for your table yeah yeah, yeah. don't let their opinions hold you back from being able to feed your family and being able to set up a future for your family those those would probably be my you keep and quick real quick yeah my my three key points yeah, no, I like it, mate. I think, mate. I just want to say to you, your personal level, thank you for doing this podcast today, and and like, mate, uh, I'm buzzed for what you're what you're what you're gonna do because I honestly believe, having sat here and gone through all this with you, I honestly believe that leaving the Broncos this year or last year or whenever, the leaving the Broncos was was will be the best pivot that you've ever made in your entire life for every reason. You, you think you would have thought it would have been a bad idea it it's going to be phenomenal for you just because of how much time and and energy you're allowed it now opens your mind up to in other areas of your life yeah like everything 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 we talked about in the back end of this podcast that you're building your clothing brand your streaming your you, you playing union again all that stuff all the opportunities you training in my gym now you know all this stuff and everything you, you're enjoying in life your family time all this stuff has all come from 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 doing less of something else 
that you thought was the the pinnacle, but now I reckon you're going into a new pinnacle, bro. Mm. I really you, fucking brother. mean that. I really fucking Thank mean you. it. I appreciate excited. your time. I appreciate your time. And drop, can you drop all your social medias and all your websites and stuff so people can have a look at your clothing, have a look at your media group, have a look at you personally on Instagram stuff. I'm going to link them all in the bio, but just drop them on the on the on the voice as well. Um, yeah. So my personal Instagram is just Jordan Kahu. Um, my gaming my gaming page is um, just Jflay. J F L A Y with three Y's at the end. Um, Jordan Kahu on YouTube. Um, and my Chur Media page is just Chur.media on Instagram. And yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah, beautiful, man. Beautiful. And again, mate, and, and guys, look, just do me a favor. Do me a solid favor. Yeah, I think we've brought you a lot of value through this podcast. I think there's a lot of learnings in this, whether you're an athlete, business person, or anything else. There's so much value you can pull out of this if you. Just put your ears around it and and leave your mind open to the fact of how many opportunities there are available to you at your table right now. All that I ask of you for turning up and, and, and receiving this value today is the fact that, you know, you dropped me a message, you dropped Jordan a message, you let us know how this podcast landed with you, what you resonated with, you share it on social media. It doesn't cost you anything to share it on social media. It doesn't cost you anything to, to if you got something out of this that's valuable to you in your life, all I ask is you leave me a review on Apple and that you share it with as many of your friends that you think it would help change their life as possible. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to impact people's lives through positivity help them break patterns and flip perspectives in their life. And that's what I'm passionate about and what I want to do. So if you can do that for me and do that for Jordan as well and let him know how this podcast went for you, I would be forever indebted to you. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.